Hey guys, welcome to the number 68 ever episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Cobra, and today we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. And today we will be recapping the Wizards vs. Toronto Raptors game. And boy, it was a good game to watch. I don't know about you guys. Truly a special game, a really fun game in my opinion. And yes, they did get the job done, winning 98-83. We'll be recapping everything that has to do with that game. My thoughts, um, so, um, you know, just, you guys know what a recap is. We're going to be recapping the game. Hope you guys do enjoy this episode. If you do subscribe, follow, share with you. We need to over to 610 views by the end of the month. We currently have 525 views in about 10 days or so. We need to get... You know what, let's see, let me do some quick mathematics here. We're going to need 85 views in about 10 days. That's manageable for us to do, guys. I mean, come on now. I mean, that, that's easy. You know, that, that's 8.5 a day. We could do that, so please subscribe, follow, share, view. So we can hit that mark. I would really, really appreciate it. Every day you get two episodes of Wiz Talk with the Chase on November 2nd. We are going to immediately get into it, though. I'm sorry about that. Uh, we're going to have to immediately get into it, though, because... There's just so much to break down, right? First thing, okay, they got the win, right? And are you sure that we're living on the right planet? Let me just go check. Is this Earth or Mars or Jupiter? We're living on planet Earth. I think it's the same to me. When have the Wizards scored a game where they scored under 100 points and won? Because they've been, ever since John Wall got there, in my opinion, an offensive team. They've been an offensive team that plays not a lot of defense, and they need to outscore teams to win the game, not out-defend. This game, they out-defended the Raptors. And, yes, my Coburn catch for that game was that the was that the Wizards were going to win because they're going to score more consistent. And they did that. They almost scored 100 points, right? The amount that you need to win if you have a good defense. They scored more consistent, and the Raptors only had stretches. The only time that the Raptors win the game where they cut it to around like a 10-point game in, like, obviously they ran in the second quarter when it was like closer, but I mean, when they really, like, the only time they were really, really close to winning when the Wizards were dominating was really that fourth quarter uh, with like seven minutes left. It was like a 10-point game, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the Wizards uh, poured it on and won by 15 after waiting by 20 and a half. But... I mean, they needed to go on stretches to win, and that was the biggest thing. And I said that the team that's more consistent is going to win the game. I mean, shout out to Banton, you know, uh, hometown hero from the uh, Toronto Rap from Toronto. He uh, had a good game there. Chris Boucher did play, which was surprising to me. Again, my sources were telling me he was not going to play, but uh, he did play at seven points. Didn't really do much though. I mean, when we look at individual breakdown right here. I mean. Part of why the Wizards had such a good defense is because of the players that they had. They were playing so aggressive. Kyle Kuzma, 11 points, 15 rebounds, all of them coming on the defensive side of the ball. Three assists, a steal, and a block as well. Now, we did miss a lot of shots, so I did not like Kyle Kuzma taking a lot of those shots he shouldn't have taken. And I said that, right? I said before the game, I said, for the fantasy outlook, he could be a player uh, and I didn't start him. He's on my fantasy team. He's on my bench. And he had 26 fantasy points, which right now I think would be enough for my to be my starter. And I made a mistake there. I thought I had enough good players to have him on the bench. But he had 26, and he actually lost points in the second half. But, <clears throat> again, he's that kind of guy that's going to take so many shots. 
and he's going to miss a lot, but you're eventually going to make a lot. And, I mean, a great game room, 11 points. You have five turnovers, not great. He was plus 22. I mean, that's the second best on the team. I mean, I mean that was unbelievable. You know, uh, tr- truly, truly unbelievable. Speaking of unbelievable, Daniel Gabbard did that. My bad on that prediction. I said he would have 10, or, 10 to 15 points, mm, over five rebounds, uh, more than a block, and shoot over 55%. I got the over 55% and the more than one block right, but I did not get the rebounds and points right. Daniel Gafford had eight points and five rebounds, four blocks, shooting 100% for the field, and he had two steals as well. Great game for Daniel Gafford, playing really aggressive. Spencer Dewey, welcome to Washington, my friend. 13 points, six assists, four rebounds. Great game from him. It was unbelievable, 40%, uh, 100% for the free throw line. Bradley Gill did not shoot efficient. Did not like what I saw from Bradley Gill last night. 7-19 on the field, 1-6 of six from 3. Met, made every free throw. He was a plus 24, and obviously he's the main piece of the team. But he, he literally did what the Wizards didn't do. He would go on stretches. He wouldn't be consistent uh, with his scoring, at least, right? And that was something I didn't like out of him. However, his passing and his defensive ability – you could already see by game one, it took a huge step. He doesn't care about getting the scoring titles anymore or being that young breakout kind of player. You know what he cares about? He cares about winning. The shots, the, the plays that he would have had shots, uh, he would have taken shots last year, he passed the ball this year. I think it was one where uh, he was like one-on-one. I think it was just going to drive it to the paint, and he had Harold right behind him. Last year, he would have took that shot. This year, he does a behind-the-back pass right to Harold for the easy dunk. And I think it just shows a lot of leadership and how he wants to win. And also the four steals. I mean, defense. any defensive player wants to win, you know. I mean, plus 24 for him. He led the team. I think that's really, really impressive. You know, I, I just, yeah, he led the team, you know. You build a guy around uh, – you build the entire team around this guy. You can't just have him do one thing, score the ball. He's got to do other things. Last night he did that. He showed that he could be a diverse player on the basketball court. And his scoring wasn't even at the top level. So when his scoring gets at the top level, the NBA should be scared. The Wizards are already one known. Bradley Beal in this Wizards team has not hit its peak. I mean, when you look at the bench as well, Benny Avdia, you know, definitely wasn't consistent at times. You know, uh, only 50% for the free throw line. But 8.7 rebounds and assists, two steals and two blocks. A lot of blocks from the Wizards today. I mean, five blocks from your starters and three from your bench. You do have eight total blocks. It's really, really easy in my opinion, to win the league, especially when the other team only has four, right? I mean, when Daniel Gafford would tie the uh, Daniel Gafford would tie the Raptors for blocks. One blood. I mean, when you can make sure that you stop players that much in the paint, it's so so important when you look at basketball games. But I mean, when you look at bench and dominating and playing tough in basketball games, Montrez Harrell. Oh my gosh. He was unbelievable. The entire game, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Montresero again. It's Montresero again. Montresero again. Again and again. He was there all the time. Everyone on the Wizards was getting rebounds. 51 total rebounds for them. I guess 54 for the Raptors. That was good as well. But the Wizards are playing so much more aggressive. 44 of those 51 were defensive rebounds. 44. They're playing amazing on defense. Montres Harrell got a lot of those rebounds. He also got a block. He got an assist. Plus four, 22 points. Unbelievable. He does all the little things for the team. He'll stick up after a foul. He'll dunk in your face. Montrezl Harrell did a lot in the preseason and even elevated his game up in the regular season. And, I mean, just an unbelievable game 
by him, in my opinion. And I think everyone else really did their job. Aaron Holiday and Dr. Fertile is not great. Only two players in the Wizards that had negative plus minus. Uh, uh, negative plus minus. But Dr. Fertile's, I mean, really inefficient. Again, 0 for 3 from, 0 for 3 from the field, 0 for 3 from 3. It's the same thing. But uh, he did have a couple nice passes. And I did like Andy Drew a charge, which I thought was really good, even though I did think the rest made a bad call by calling a charge there, honestly. But, like, I mean, I mean, it kind of was a charge, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. You know, if you're in playoff time and you need to be a in charge, if they call that as a charge and they call it as a charge, it doesn't matter uh, what the media thinks, you know what I mean? But I think, honestly, the Wizards just dominated in the paint and dominated with them not being able to get good shots. I mean, one, uh, two players on their entire team were able to shoot 50% or more from the field, and that was Banton shot three of four, and Ken Burks who shot two of four. I mean, when you're able to make a team shoot that inefficient, it's really easy to win the basketball game. I mean, OG and Obi, Scotty Barnes, preferably, these guys had good games, but I mean, between Scotty Barnes, I mean, I'm sorry, between OG and Obi and Fred Van Vliet, they had a minus 43 plus minus. 43. So that, that's a 54, uh, that's a minus 54 plus minus from OG and OB, Scotty Barnes, and Fred Van Vliet. Those players aren't getting the job done when they could be getting it done stat-wise, but they're not getting it done when they actually need it for their team, right? And that's the biggest thing is that the Wizards stop these guys from shooting it uh, efficient, and they also stop them from being able to, when they are going on these stretches, to outscore the Wizards by that much more. And I think that that is really important when you look down to it at the end of the day. I had the Wizards allowing 116 points in this game. I had 127 to 116. That was wrong. I did get around the amount right. I said the Wizards would win by 11. They won by 15, around the same amount. But, I mean, honestly, I think the main thing is that, I mean, Montrose Harrell didn't play great. This is, they played great. But, I mean, their defense was just exceptional. 83 points. I don't care that they didn't have Pascal Siakam. No one stops the team to 83 points in this NBA. No one does. I mean, it, it was an unbelievable Absolutely unbelievable performance on the defensive side of the ball from the Wizards. Offense, their efficiency was not good at all. 18.5% from three. This has been a problem. The entire preseason was a problem. The regular season was a problem. The Wizards flat out cannot shoot the ball. And when Dallas Bertans, you're paying $15 million to shoot the ball, she's 0 for 3 from three, that's a very, uh, that's, you know, it, that's a struggle right there, right? But this is where Wes Alto Jr., he's a great coach. He'll be able to adjust that thing, you know. I think. He would be able to adjust and make this team better. I mean, when Kyle Kuzma shoots two for nine for three, not exactly what you're looking for. 80% for the free throw line is good. 44% for the field is fine. 18% from three is unacceptable for an NBA team in this part, in this time of the league, in this era. I mean, I mean, that's just unacceptable. I mean, you can't do that and expect to win a basketball game. They did win, though, mainly due to their defense. If they could get their shooting up, I think the Wizards could be a really, really dangerous team. And by the way, you know they can also be a dangerous team? If you play your rookie, literally their 50th overall pick, Corey Kispert, that we've been talking about on this podcast. For I, I, I think we should be Corey Kispert the cover of the podcast. Just say the podcast is all about Corey Kispert. I mean, I thought the Wizards, he was a great player for them to take in the draft. They ended up drafting him. We've talked about Corey Kispert so much on this podcast to not play. He literally didn't play. I mean, I think that's unacceptable. I mean, you played... You played 10 players, right? And with Thomas Bryan, Ruby Hachimura, that 13-man rotation only gets cut down to 11. One of the 11 guys is Corey Kispert. Uh, hello? I didn't see him on the stat sheet. Exactly. He didn't play. Why did you not play? 
I, I, I don't get it. I, I, I know they won and I can't complain, but I think if you're Whistling So Jr., you're a developer, why don't you play your rookie? Especially when the other guy that's supposed to be like him, Dallas Bertans, at least when you look at shooting-wise, is not shooting well. Why don't at that point you make the adjustment to put Corey Kispert in the game? That was really confusing to me. I wonder if he will play against Indiana. But it's just really confusing to me that the 50th overall pick they've been trying to develop, that's on every single social media thing for the Wizards, is just not playing. It didn't make sense to me. I mean, especially, again, 18% from three. This is why you drafted him, to be good at shooting. So when you're shooting 18% from three, it probably is a good idea to put in the guy that shot over 40% from three in college. I'm, I'm just saying. Or in his last season in college. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, though. I mean, I don't we broke down so much, but I think, honestly, the overall recap of this game is the Wizards could be so much better, and they played an awesome game. They played an awesome game, and they have a lot of aspects to be better at. And I think the NBA should be scared if the Wizards continue to improve and continue to play like this on the defensive side of the ball. And it shows. Bradley Beal and the Wizards team, you don't need to outscore them to win. You need to outdefend them. And I think that's honestly you know, the main thing that I can describe this game for sure. You know, I, I think that's how I can describe this game. I want to know all my predictions. The Wizards are wanting to know all my predictions. You guys are going to have to find out my prediction tomorrow as they face the Indiana Pacers. That will be the question for today's episode. Who will win the Wizards or the Pacers? We could get a lot of votes in before tomorrow, but we do preview the game. Tell me who you guys think is going to win on the poll. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, review. We're only more to 610 views by the end of the month. I know we can hit that mark. If you do, you get two episodes of We Talk with Chase on November 2nd. You guys know the deal. Answer to the poll, because uh, shout out to Meredith Covert and Jason Covert. I know you guys are um, answering to the polls a lot. You guys picked the Wizards to win. We'll see if you guys respond again, and you guys picked the Wizards to win against the Indiana Pacers. Um, we'll see what you guys think as well. Again, hope you guys did enjoy, and I'll see you next time. Respond to the question, please. Peace. What a game for Washington as they get the win.